Let's get it. What's up? What's up, Coop? How are you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. Man, it's thundering and lightning. I hope y'all didn't hear that. But we have the Pacific <laughs> Division this week, and that means it is the Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Lakers, Phoenix Suns, L.A. Clippers, and the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. We're going to rank these teams one to five at the end of the show, so be sure to stick around there to see where your team ranks out in this division for us. But Coop, I'm going to let you start this thing off with the Phoenix Suns, a team that got embarrassed in game seven against the Dallas Mavericks. It's the last time we saw them on the court. I'm going to go through what they did in their offseason, and I'm going to let you uh, kick us off with Phoenix. What they uh, did is they re-signed Devin Booker to a contract extension, which was huge. The DeAndre Ayton thing really floated around. Like, is he going to go to the Pacers because he did sign a massive contract sheet with them, but he ended up re-signing with Phoenix as it was restricted free agency. They did re-sign Bismack Biombo. They got Damian Lee from the Warriors in free agency. They also let JaVale McGee walk. He signed with the Mavericks. Aaron Holiday is gone, and Frank the Tank Kaminsky is gone as well. So after hearing all that, what is your first impression, and how do you feel about the Phoenix Suns going into next year, Coop? The first question I wrote down, which I think this is like an ultimate question I have for this team, is was that final series against Dallas a sign for things to come? Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a little bit of regression. I mean, they looked bad had bad in some of those games um and so like is that a thing to come it's relatively the same team I do not expect them to be the number one team in basketball again um I just don't I think a lot of teams have gotten way better than them um and DeAndre Ayton quit on your team yes in the final game like didn't want to go in and Furthermore, sign an offer sheet with another team. So, like, that doesn't make me feel like he just really wants to be playing in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I really don't think they can uh, replicate what they did last year, and I really do think there's going to be a lot of regression uh, with this team, which I hate to say because I really was hoping Chris Paul could get a ring, but I, I don't think it's going to happen with Phoenix. Absolutely. And I hate to be the guy that to overreact to one game to end their season. But I mean, if we're being honest, it's left the entire NBA with a horrible taste in their mouth because we felt so robbed because that's who everybody picked. I was like, I'm not even worried about the West Phoenix is coming out of there, even with Golden State. People forget going into the playoffs, Golden State had injuries and there was a hell of a lot of question marks there. Then they watched the Denver series like, all right, this team's for real this year. But back to Phoenix, I still think they're a top four seed, but there's no way they have another 61 season. Um, I was against bringing back DeAndre Ayton. You know how I feel about paying big men. And like you said, he quit on his team. That's hard to forgive, especially in a locker room full of grown men. Um, Devin Booker, I think on a positive note, he he will be the best shooting guard in the NBA next year. I really do believe that. But my biggest question is, will CP3 regress? Is age and father time finally going to hit him? We've had this conversation since the Houston days. He's proved us wrong every year, played great in Houston, carried OKC to the playoffs, and then made a finals run with Phoenix before last year getting bounced in the second round. So CP3 is an interesting conversation. Do you think he plays as well as he did last year, Coop? As much as it pains me to say, I don't think so. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to, like, obviously be out of the league, like that sort of quickness. But I, I kind of feel, and this might be outrageous to say, but I feel like this Phoenix team might, kind of reflect what the Jazz team did that last year. I think they missed their window, to be honest with you. 
Um, DeAndre was playing out of his mind that year that they made a finals run. Um, obviously, Devin Booker's well paid now. So, like, <laughs> and he was one of the most efficient guys in basketball last year. So, uh, I can't give him the mantle of best shooting guard. I don't know who I'd put over him, but I just don't like Devin Booker. So, I can't give him the best shooting guard mantle. But, like, I do see what you're saying. And so, like, Aiton's the Aiton's the question mark, and I and I wholeheartedly agree. I don't center paint centers is kind of dumb unless it's Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, which you can argue the Joel Embiid factor. But Nikola Jokic is a, practically a point guard for his team, so like that that you can justify paying the center, but paying a guy that obviously quit on your team and signed a contract to go somewhere else. Yes, you did the right business decision by matching their offer because you can't lose them for nothing, Absolutely. but. I think they kind of butchered the uh, the whole offseason with DeAndre Aiden. But I do think this is relatively the same team, so we can expect some of the same things. And like you said, Devin Booker's going to be up there in shooting guards. And, like, I think if Chris Paul regresses, I think Devin Booker can take over a little bit more of the burden and mm-hmm. mature a little bit more as an NBA player and maybe alleviate some of that regression and uh, progression. I, I want to stay here for a minute. Like, do you have a guy that comes to mind that you would put above Devin Booker next year? Like a shooting guard that comes to mind. I'm trying like, to think because I, I wanted to say PG, but obviously we haven't seen PG in a while. And some people are arguing. I, he's think, a small I think he's kind of a small four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so like, that would be the first guy I'd say, obviously shooting guard is, I feel like positions get kind of like mixed Absolutely. a little bit now. Um, but I just think for, like guys like Luca, obviously he's a point guard, small power, whatever you want to call Luca. I think he's just Luca. You don't have to give him position. Um, I would probably take him over Booker, but so would everybody else. But obviously that's not a shooting guard. But off the dome was PG, um, which obviously, like we just said, you can probably argue PG as a small forward, and that's probably what he's going to be. But also the Clippers, which we'll get to in a second. There are nothing but wings, so everyone's going to be playing out of position on that team next mm. year. Um, but, nah, Devin Booker's definitely a top five guard I, or shooting guard. I just – can he can he do what I was just talking about? If if Chris Paul, father time, catches up with him, can he take over? Can yeah. you can it be one of those things where Chris Paul's mentored you enough, y'all have gotten to the championship together, he's shown you how to lead a locker room. Can you take those little things and while Chris Paul is slowly but doing this – in his career and you're supposed to be going this way. Can y'all, can y'all balance each other out? Is kind of, I guess how I'd say that. Absolutely. Let's move out to the two teams in LA. Let's first begin with the LA Clippers. They did had John wall in free agency, which is, which was big for them. I'm really curious to see how he plays. I don't expect all-star J wall, Washington J wall. I just think that I'm curious to see how he fits in. If he can shoot the ball well enough around PG and Kawhi Leonard, they re-signed Nicholas Batum. They gave Zubach a contract extension. Same with Roko Robert Covington. Re-signed Amir Coffey, our guy. They signed Moses Brown from free agency. And they let Isaiah Hartenstein walk. He went and signed with the Knicks. And they waived Jay Scrub. So finally, that name gets off the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> how, do you, how do you view them going into next year, brother? I like them. Um, I like them a lot. I think John Wall actually gives them a point guard. No offense to Reggie uh, Jackson. Um, and you don't – like you just said, you don't need an all-star John Wall. You have a – you have like an MVP caliber Kawhi Leonard if he's healthy. You have an all-NBA caliber Paul George if he's healthy. So, the, obviously, I said if he's healthy after a few guys, and that's the first thing I wrote. 
can they stay healthy? Jack, I think this team, if they stay healthy, easy top three in the mm. West. And that's not even like me trying to be a bold statement type person. This, this team on paper, if they stay healthy, can be dominant. Yes. Like they have wings for day, as I just mentioned, because they I, I forgot about the Moses Brown signing, but with Zubac being I thought was on the only center on their team, and I'm like, they have one center. They're literally gonna be forwarding people to death. Um they could be they could be scary if they're healthy. And I mean, obviously I'm banking a lot on a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George coming back from injury. I think those guys are just that good um at basketball. Um, and PG even looked incredible before he got re-injured uh, halfway through the season. So I, I really do like this team. I might be putting a lot of eggs in their basket right now, which might be a bad thing come uh, February when we get a little closer mm-hmm. to crunch time. But I, I think this team's going to be really, really good next season. I'm really high on them as well. But my thing is, like, we've been saying, we've been expecting this from L.A. for the past two to three years, and they have not proven it. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard has failed to – stay healthy most of his time with the Clippers. Paul George, he had a fantastic run, but Kawhi Leonard was not there two years ago. And PG really proved that he was playoff P. So I think he got that monkey off his back. If they can stay healthy, I think they're an absolute contender with Golden State in the West. So I view them that way. Um, I'm going to go into – my biggest question is how does John Wall like look? Like I was – I was – kind of prefacing that not only John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, I'm not questioning Kawhi Leonard's greatness. He's going to be a no doubt all-star, probably an all NBA player as well. But is he the Kawhi Leonard that he was up in Toronto carrying a team to a championship? Cause you know, the Clippers are going to have injuries and I don't know if Kawhi can be that guy. Yeah. We will see if he's a top five player again in this league. Cause in my opinion, I think he is. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a big question mark. And obviously they know that going in, um, and with, as far as the John Wall thing, I'll hit on that. I don't remember what the exact quote was that he said himself at Summer League, but he was basically like, man, I'm going to love when they're Batman and Robin and I can be the third guy. Um, I think that's a great approach for him to take. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's all talk or whatnot, that's to be determined. We're just getting to talk about what we can talk about. Um, but if John Wall goes in there with the mindset of, look, I haven't been that guy for a while now. These two dudes, they're the guy. Like, we were talking about it just the other day with Draymond Green um, saying there's going to be two dudes that can do whatever the heck they want on a team. You're the role player. Can John Wall fill into that, hey, we need a good point guard who can – you don't have to defend because we got that taken care of, but can you occasionally bust a shot and can you swing, swing, get it to an open guy, or can you facilitate enough to get somebody else open? Can you elevate your team? I think if John Wall can go in with that mindset of, hey, look, I got to fill this role because they've been needing this role, I think that that's a whole different ballgame. Like you kind of said, Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. Um, He's awesome. He's got to get that monkey off the back. Just like you said with playoff P, uh, needing to get that monkey off his back, Kawhi's got to get the injury bug off his back, which obviously there's only so much he can control in that. But like he, he takes his time though. Like he takes Yeah, his time. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the Clippers were smart in the process in which they took with this. They didn't rush him back just to try and squeeze into the playoffs or a playoff series win. They didn't try to do any of that. They let it they they understood that this was going to be an off year and which is fine. But we need to see it on the court. Absolutely. Let's move to the other team out in LA. The much more um 
How you want to storylined team this offseason? Los Angeles Lakers have been very busy. Obviously, they gave LeBron James that contract extension two years, $97 million, I believe, off Dome. But more recently, the Patrick Beverly trade, a trade you and I talked about in person last Saturday. Go check that out. But they got Pat Bev from Utah. They signed Lonnie Walker from free agency, signed Thomas Bryant, which kind of flew under the radar, got Juan T from the Warriors in free agency. They got Scotty Pippen Jr. as well, undrafted free agent there. But they did let Malik Monk walk to Sacramento, traded Stanley Johnson and THT to the Jazz for Pat Bev and Kent Bazemore. They let sign with the Kings and Mac McClung, culture king, they let walk and sign with the Warriors. How are you feeling about the Lakers going into next year? Um, Lakers had a good good offseason. Only aside from Mac McClung, they had a good offseason. I think they're <laughs> trade offs for certain players. I, I like Mac McClung a lot. Uh, I first thing I wrote is too much drama. Um, I get it's Hollywood. I get all that. You're you're putting so much pressure on y'all with how much BS y'all are talking, and, and that's just kind of how I feel. We talked a, a lot about the Pat Bev thing, so I'm gonna y'all y'all go hit that up. I'm gonna yeah, talk yeah. about. I love. I like the Tom uh, Thomas Bryant pickup. Um, obviously, he was in Washington, so not very many people got to like watch him. But I think that's a good guy to have as a backup big, or potentially a starting big because street clothes is street clothes. So, like, mm. I think that's a really solid pickup for them. And I also love the Lonnie Walker pickup. I think that's why I said I think they had a really good offseason because yes, you lose Malik Monk, but I think Lonnie Walker can bring the same thing, if not a little bit more, to the table. So that's a good trade off. Um, you lose Kent Bazemore, which doesn't matter, and Talent Town Horton Tucker doesn't matter. Um, and you get a guy like Thomas Bryant who can come and be a backup big. I think that's huge for them. So LeBron's not having to play center at 500 years old and trying to like kill his tires that he has yeah. left. Cause obviously I still want to see a lot more LeBron James cause he's awesome to watch, but um, they also have a new coach. Um, uh, Ham is his last name. Darvin Ham. On the yeah. First. Yeah, Darvin, Darvin Ham. Thank you. He said all the right what things. What can he look like? Yeah. yeah. He said all the right things with Russell Westbrook with LeBron James and all of them. It's just a matter of, can he put it on the floor? We have to talk about the elephant in the room now. We have to address what the hell is going on with Russell Westbrook, all these recent reports. I've been trying to read through the lines, bro. And even me, I have no idea because Russ, after the Pat Bev trade, the Athletic reported that he may have played his last game as a Laker, and then LeBron immediately tweets out, what he can't tweeted, yeah, I can't wait to watch him go <laughs> off. It was like I have no idea. I feel like LeBron's not that big of a prick to like, you know, be making, yeah, be saying that if they're actually shopping around. But it sounds like they are. So I have no idea what's gonna go on with Russell Westbrook. But I, I do love that Pat Bev move. They needed a dog, like we said. But my biggest question is, will Anthony Davis return to a top tier player in this league? Because twenty three points per game last year. And 18% from three, so it's not, it's not top five. That's like me shooting, Jack. Absolutely, yeah. That's like me. No, it's like us, man. <laughs> I'm more probably 11, 12%. You're, you're more up towards like 30, 40%. But... Oh, my gosh, Cap. No, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like AD out there shooting 18%. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if AD can bounce back. I think he's going to play better because I think that's the floor. Last year's the floor for Anthony yeah. Davis. I think he plays better. I don't think he's going to be averaging 28, 29, you know, what we used to see AD do. But 
yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not going to be enough. There's not enough around the Thomas Bryant thing. Yeah, that's great. I just don't see this team contending. I, I hate that. I, I hate to be that way. Lakers fans, you have the greatest player in the world right now in LeBron James. He's going to break Kareem's record. That's going to be a bright spot for them. And he's also going to be averaging damn near 30 just to keep him afloat. He may win the scoring title this year. So that, that's a bright spot. Yeah. Lakers are in a bad position. Uh, Hands are tied, man. Hands are tied. I was just about to say, like, you handicapped yourself for the Anthony Davis thing uh, all those years ago. And I think Lakers fans and probably LeBron and all the people around that organization were probably saying, oh, we're making this trade. We can get one, two, three rings out of this, and they've only got one, which is great. You got one, but they definitely were wanting more out of this, and it's just kind of – Absolutely. What can you do? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to a true poverty franchise, Sacramento Kings. Sorry, Sacramento fans. I hope y'all break the 16-year drought. I really do because y'all have had a fantastic and busy offseason. I'm really high yeah. on Sacramento going into next year. They do have hope. Their offseason moves begin began with their number four draft pick in Keegan Murray, a guy we both love, Coop. They traded for Kevin yeah. Herter. The price was high, but I think it was justified. They signed Malik Monk in free agency, outbitted the Lakers there, got Kent Bazemore. Am I reading this right? They signed Matthew Delavadova. Shout out the Australian King. Quinn Cook, they signed in free agency. Sam Merrill, they signed oh, in free agency. Gosh. I haven't heard that name since we Shout out. Um, But they did lose DiVincenzo to the Warriors, Maurice Harkless to the Hawks, and Justin Holiday and Damian Jones as well. They lost. How are you feeling about Sacramento going into next year? Top five seed? Nah, Jack, they're the best team in the NBA. Come on now. Hey, I do have a lot league. of good positive things to say once you're done. Though. Yeah. No, <laughs> I do. Uh, I literally wrote they got better for once. Like, I mean, and that's not something you say very often. Uh, I, I'm happy that the Kings had a good offseason. And um, you already hit on Keegan Murray. I like what I saw from him. Uh, it took everything in me not to say Keegan Murray when we were talking on Saturday about who we got for rookie of the year. I went with Jabari Smith because I felt like that was an easier pick, but I, I really do feel like Keegan Murray is going to get the touches and the ability to show what he can do. And I think he's going to be really, really sneaky good. Maybe not even sneaky anymore because of how well he played in summer league, but I, I like what I saw from him. I think this can be a sneaky team. I'm not going to say, Anything about top six seed, just like solid playoff team. But I really, really do the play, think the playoff drought ends this season. I think they can be in that play-in. If not, make a playoff uh, seed. I don't think they make the top six, but I do think they can be seven, eight, nine, ten, and I think they can sneak in. Um, and for Sacramento, if you tell them that at the beginning of the year that you're in the playoffs as a seven, eight seed after the point of the play-in, I think Kings fans will take that nine times out of ten in my book. So I, I like a lot what I think the Kings have done since the Tyree Talliburton trade getting down to Monta Sabonis. I like what they've done since that point. Understandable. I want to, I want to pull up this, the uh, standings from last year real quick. And I want to go through teams that like, like see like if they can make it over these certain teams, if I can, if I can pull these damn things up, here we go. Come on now. Come on now. All right. All right. Perfect. All right. So last year in the play-in tournament, Number seven or number seven was the Timberwolves. Sacramento, like you and I agree, they're not better than the Timberwolves, right? No, they're not better than the Timberwolves. No. Clippers, I'm not even involving them in this conversation just because like, they have two guys out. Pelicans, not better than the Pelicans. Spurs, who somehow, somehow yeah. made it last year, they're better than the Spurs in that 10 seed. 
I think Portland's going to jump in there too. Do you see them being better than Portland? That's going to all depend on – and Portland's a uh, question mark. I, I do think Portland's a little bit better, but I think Sacramento, if they play their cards right, can maybe jump over Portland. But that's a that's a tight one. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I feel like they could be a 10 if they make it in. I think they could be a 10. I'm going to – all right. Anyways, all right. I'm gonna get back to it. I love the shooting around the Aaron Fox. That's why his numbers dipped last year, man. Because their three point shooting around a quick guy like De'Aaron Fox was not that good, in my opinion. With Kevin Herter and Malik Monk, there's gonna be absolutely zero defense. But De'Aaron Fox is gonna have people to pass it to. Um, my biggest question when it comes to them is, will they have won the Halliburton trade after this year? Well, Demontis Sabonis trading for a win now guy who's still kind of young. Will that pay off for them this year? Do you think it will? Do you think they've won the Tyrese Halliburton trade? I won't go as far to say they've won because, um, I, obviously, I, I'm in the Tyrese Halliburton camp. Uh, I like Halliburton. Um, but I I do think they can say they got a better end of the deal because they're going to be in the playoffs before Tyrese Halliburton and his Pacers mm-hmm. uh, will be there because uh, I do think the Pacers still have a little bit more to go. Uh, as far as their rebuild is concerned. But I do think Sacramento got the win-now guy, and they kept the win-now guy in De'Aaron Fox over Tyrese Halliburton, which I think is also something that nobody – like, we talk about the just who was traded for who, but, like, De'Aaron Fox is a more win-now guy than Tyrese Halliburton because of where he's been in the NBA and, like you said, how quick he is and how savvy he is. And I, I really am excited to see a full season of Sabonis and Fox go together. Yeah, I am too, and I think their numbers – even though it was in a small uh, sample size, their numbers together were really good, and they were a lot better than Tyrese's. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, you know, because you and I have talked extensively the past couple of weeks. I, I'm about to jump off Tyrese Halliburton, but and I think I'm going to jump off now. I don't see him ever being an All Star. Just when you look at All Stars, their first four years in the league, they can at least touch 19 or 20. And last year on a rat team, he was 17. Same with Sacramento. I mean, it was 14, 15 points a game. And I just don't see him becoming an all-star. Do you Do you see that? Uh, no, to be honest with you, I don't. Um, I do think he can be a solid, solid point guard and lead a team maybe to the playoffs. I don't know if he'll ever be like a championship continued point guard, though. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you I'm gonna walk you to them 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 winning this trade, dude. Because like Sabonis has been an all star now, you know what I'm saying? Like Sabonis has been an all. He has, he has. Um, I think, and obviously, I don't know how his efficiency rating and all that stuff is because he's like a uh, analytic darling or whatnot. Absolutely, you're right. I I think he's just as far as like like how kind of how we were talking the other day about positions. Do you want a point guard and the definition of a point guard is a guy who can create for others and make his team better. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the mold that I think Halliburton falls under. Mm-hmm. And so I think solely on that, like, yes, he might not average the 20 to 25 to 30 points a game, but if he can average a 20 and 12 season in my book, I would take that out of a starting point guard. Now, yes, understand he's on a, he's, a, he's on a rat team. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, Pacers fans, your team is buns. I think they need to do y'all a justice and just 
literally have a dumpster fire on some of the guys that don't belong there and work on your youth because you'll have a lot of it. So just let them play and get through the growing pains. Jalen Smith breakout year. Yeah, Jalen Smith average 25, please, dog. <laughs> um, but I, I think if if I think he's going to be the one that averages like the 12 to 15 assists over like the 25 to 30 points per game. And I think in my book as a starting point guard, I, I think I'd take the trade off of uh, maybe – 10 maybe seven to 10 less points but four to five more assists than most starting point guards I think I'd take that trade off because he is creating points for other players yeah I, I could see that too I could see him averaging 20 and 12 in this league I have no problem with that so we definitely agree there let's move in to the defending world champs a dynasty coming off their fourth championship and I believe six or seven years now the Golden State Warriors as Grizzlies fans this is tough for us but we're, I'm sure, both very high on them. We're going to painstakingly yeah. get through this for you Warriors fans. I know you're <laughs> tapped in. We're going to be completely unbiased. I promise you. They started off with re-signing Kevon Looney, which was necessary. Got him for cheap. Dante DiVincenzo was a big pickup, especially after losing Gary Payton. Uh, they signed Jermichael Green in free agency. They drafted Ryan Rollins. Undrafted free agent Lester Keonis, Memphis kid. Shout out him. And Mac McClung, they signed in free agency, had to had to loop that around. But they did lose Gary Payton, which I did not like at first. And the DiVincenzo thing, like I said, made up for it. Otto Porter, they he went and signed with the Raptors. Juan T, like we said earlier, signed with the Lakers. Damian Lee with the Suns. And Bielitsa signed with in Turkey. Letters in Turkey. He's playing overseas. How do you feel about the Warriors, bro? I really don't have much to say, and it's not because, like, I don't want to be positive. Like, you're just a better team got better. Um, Somehow. Like, Coming off a championship. Yeah. I really think Jermichael Green kind of fills in the Bielitsa role who retired from the NBA and went back home and played and was playing for Turkey. Um, I won't try to pronounce that. Um, I like DiVincenzo a lot, and we were talking about it. We were talking about it the other day. They signed him for cheap. Like, yes. they got a good deal on Dante DiVincenzo. I do hate the Gary Payton loss, but I do think with Clay being back for a whole year, maybe he can kind of get his feet back under him and play. Not obvious. He's obviously not going to play the same type of defense he was playing before the injuries. But if he could play a, a relatively close to that defense, I think it can kind of help with the Gary Payton loss. Um, Andrew Wiggins was obviously really, really good last year, um, especially in that playoff run. Um, they're going to be really good. They're, they're going to be really, really good. They're going to be title favorites. Um, they're already title favorites in your and my book, but I mean, I really don't have much to say because you're just a good organization and you've, you got a dynasty. Yep. They're sadly, they're my pick to win the championship all over again. They're fresh off the championship. Like, like you said, they got better. And I think another under the radar thing for this team is Jonathan Kaminga is going to take a major leap this year. I truly believe that. Yeah. I'm really high on Kaminga defending every position in basketball next year. I have a little bit of worry in the Draymond contract situation, but then I go back and think, I'm like, Draymond Green's not going to let his personal shit affect the team. That's just not the guy Dre is. So I think that'll be fine there. My biggest question does revolve around James Wiseman. How will he fit in? Because we really haven't seen much of him. Is he going to be in the rotation? Yeah. How, how does that work out for James Wiseman? And will he, like, will that end up being a mistake in your opinion, Coop? I think it already is, to be honest with you. When um, the mellow ball goes number three, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, they probably weren't going to take LaMelo Ball mm-hmm. um, just based on who they have. But I've never really been high on Wiseman. Um, as you can tell, I'm a Rebel, not a Memphis Tiger. And so mm-hmm. I've never really liked James Wiseman because Ole Miss's rap basketball team almost beat Memphis with James Wiseman mm-hmm. before he didn't play another basketball minute in college. Mm-hmm. So I've never really been high on him because I've never really seen the dude play. Um, I don't have much to go on. Um, I, I liked what I saw out of him in summer league, but you still didn't see very much of him in summer league other than the few uh, – I think he played two games total. I mean, it might have been more than that. But uh, I, just, I haven't seen much of him, so I really can't just like a distinct uh, opinion on him. Um, I do think if Draymond Green gets a hold of him, I do think that can help him a lot. So um, I think if he's the type of guy that can just go in and be a sponge – I think that'll go a long way in helping his career get on track again. Cause I do feel like it's kind of altered right now. Cause you just, he hasn't played in, I feels like five years now. So. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to go. We only have a few minutes left on this thing. I, I just caught that, but I'm going to really quickly rank my five to one and Coop, I'm gonna let you do the same at number five. I have the Sacramento Kings, unfortunately, again, finishing last in this division. Number four, and it's not – this isn't because I'm low on the Lakers at all. It's just how – this is the best division in basketball, in my opinion. I should have prefaced this whole thing with that. But it's how high I am on Phoenix, on Golden State, and the Clippers. I don't think the Lakers are a fourth-best team in the division. They're not going to be that bad. I think they get better than last year. But I do have the Lakers at number four. Uh, Number three, I got the Phoenix Suns. Um, They're going to be another 50-win team. I don't think they get to 60 but I can't get that game seven loss out of my head. So I do have them third in this division at number two. I got the clips, man, that addition of John wall, Kawhi Leonard back PG back fully healthy, Norman Powell possibly coming off your bench and Reggie Jackson. Hell yeah, bro. I got the clips at two. Number one, defending world champs, bro. Defending world champs will finish number one in this division. Again, I think they, they could go for well over 60 wins in my opinion next year. Right. Give me your five to one. Five, I got the Lakers. Uh, I am really low on the Lakers. I think Sacramento's better, and that's why I have Sacramento at four. Um, I think Sacramento is going to be a more competitive team. I think they don't have the drama surrounding their team, and I think they're just going to flat out play a little bit better basketball, and I think they can beat that playoff drought that they've had for a while. Um, and that's all, like that's not me just throwing shade at the Lakers. I'm just – the Lakers are – they're just so difficult to gauge right now, and like – LeBron's not getting any younger and trying to put as much on his plate as they're trying (laughs) – as putting as much on their plate and on his plate as they're trying to do scares me a little bit. Um, But I I really do think Sacramento can maybe – it won't be that far of a difference, but I do think Sacramento can maybe overtake them for that four spot in the best division like you mentioned. I got the same top three. I got Phoenix at three, um, Clippers at two, Golden State at one for all the reasons you said. and yeah, like I couldn't Perfect. even disp- the number one and two spot is pretty like set in stone for me. Perfect. Yeah, same here, bro. I feel the exact same way. That is our ranking five to one, one to five of the Pacific Division. Golden State again is on top for us. Thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to mash that like and subscribe button. We are here pretty much every day of the week. Coop, I hope you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.